A white man? No! Welcome to the Unsub is a White Man. I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. And we're back with another Criminal Minds recap. This is a great start to season five. It is. It is a good episode, I think. Yeah. I remembered it, like once we got in the flow, because it's traumatic. Yes. Um, you know what I, the weird thing though, I remembered the episode, but I did not remember who the guest star was. Oh, really? Like, yeah, like yeah. He, that was a shock to me. Like yeah. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Well, I mean, the subject matter is heady. Yeah. And I never know. Like, I still would consider myself a new mom. So I feel like anything like this, I'm a wimp these days. When it's kids. When it's kids. Yeah. Like, it it doesn't matter. Anything with kids. If there's a sad kid for any reason, I'm a mess. Yeah. So, but, and so there's always a part of me that's like, okay, is it actually a really good episode or am I just like still so overly emotional that everything bothers me? But I think it's good. It was pretty good. I think it's pretty well written and everything. Yeah. Um, There was some nonsense, but when is there not? (laughs) Right. I mean, that's just. That's how it is. They stay on brand that way. They can't not have the nonsense or we wouldn't be here. If it was just a straight up good, earnest show, then (laughs) why would we be here? Yeah. (laughs) What would there be to talk about? Um, We are talking about Haunted which originally aired September 30th, 2009. Nice. Yes. Start with some sepia tone right at the yes. beginning there. Um, yeah, there's like some like sepia tone flashbacks about a little kid and he's like, there's like, like a, somebody like pulls a knife on, or I can't remember if the knife is there, but like there's obviously like a person who is behaving in a very threatening way yeah, toward yeah, a very yeah. small child. Mm-hmm. And the kid's adorable. Yes. <laughs> He's yeah. so cute. Um, but then it gets to uh, an adult man at a pharmacy. Um, I th- oh my God. The, the description uh-huh. of it, uh, like on IMDb, where yeah. it's like, Darren Call. A psychotic. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like, that is like the most insensitive way of wording this. But this man, um, Darren Call, who is played by Sean Patrick Flannery. Yeah. <laughs> I did not remember yeah. that at all. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, it's young Indiana Jones. <laughs> uh, but he tr- he's trying to pick up a prescription, but they don't have anything for him. He keeps insisting that he do- like has another... Um, uh, he doesn't have any uh, more refills, but he says he does. Yeah. And it's like, this pharmacy tech is so bad at her job. Yeah. So it's like, she's like behaving in a way that's like, and it's going to do nothing but antagonize him right, further. Right, right. Like, and like, okay, you're out of refills. And then why you'd wouldn't be like, you just say, okay, well, why don't you step aside for a minute? I'm going to go call the doctor and then yeah. call the police if you really feel right. like you're threatened. Yeah. But like, you don't just keep arguing with him. Yeah. Like, she's. And oh then she, I, I don't think I'm getting ahead of myself to say she like panics and just hands him a random bag of medicine. Like that's going to do anything. Yeah. Like how dumb are you? Yeah. Like, just, First of all, you can't just hand pills out willy nilly. Yeah. Ma'am. <laughs> you can't just give away that amoxicillin. <laughs> <laughs> but Somebody yeah. needs uh, that. But then he's like, clearly 
in distress. Mm-hmm. Like he's very worked up, very agitated. Yeah. Um, he keeps doing the like holding his head thing and yeah. you're like, okay. He's very sweaty. Yeah. He's, it's a bit on the nose. The, psy- the psyche is actually breaking. We're watching <laughs> yeah. it. He's trying to hold it all together with his hands <laughs> on his head. And then uh, there's like the pharmacy tech, instead of like calling the police. Yeah. Like motions for a stock boy who yeah. looks like he's 15 years yeah. old to come over and he comes over box cutter visible in hand uh-huh. to like because he's literally been <laughs> getting cutting up in a box yes. <laughs> um, and then he like comes over and like grabs Darren mm-hmm. you're like okay no, kid, no no you go call the police like, yeah why? what is everyone everyone doing? at this pharmacy is bad at their job uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so then Darren like grabs the box cutter and he stabs him mm-hmm. and then Another person, maybe okay. two more people. Look, look, everything about this chain of events is completely insane. Mm-hmm. And Darren is not the most insane one. <laughs> I had to watch <laughs> this several times because, because I was like, this didn't just go as down. As soon this as way. he stabs the stock boy, there's this little old lady that's like, What have you done? What are you doing? Yeah. In this very awkward, not a way a person talks to another human, especially someone who's just stabbed someone. You know what you say to someone who's just stabbed someone? Nothing. Nothing. You just you You turn and run. Yeah. (laughs) You don't don't strike up a conversation. Be like, can I reason with you? Yeah. Um, Can I shame you for what you've done? Yes. How is this going to uh, to help? do anything and then it's like somebody else is trying to grab the knife like or the box cutter out of his hand yeah and like one of the guys is like uh, a security a guard security guard but he, and then he has a gun yeah. and then he like grabs the gun and starts shooting just wildly it's just around slashing knives and sprays of bullets like <laughs> what are you all doing like they're trying to take him down themselves yeah like it's like just this little old lady leave this man alone a middle-aged <laughs> overweight security guard it's like not the dream team yeah. for sure it's basically the Avengers yeah. <laughs> just coming for him. It's just such unrealistic reactions to violence in a crowd. Like, yeah. if the internet has taught us anything, when there's violence in a crowd, everyone just stands there and films it on their phones. Yeah. No one's going to do anything. Well, you didn't have good cameras back then. That's true. <laughs> their chocolate touch didn't have much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, back at the BAU, um, we learned that Hotch is coming back. Naturally. 34 days. <laughs> After he was stabbed nine times. Uh-huh. Well, he missed all the major organs, so. Not, Still. Not a lot. But he's coming back to investigate the stabbing situation, which yeah. seems, you know, mm-hmm. e- even if you had been med- medically cleared to come back, mm-hmm. they would never put you back in the field. No. So soon. Not that these people would ever be in the field. That's <laughs> nonsense to begin with. But like, <laughs> it's just so. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's insane. And he's obviously not seen any kind of psychiatrist or anything. Yeah. And like Rossi's like, well, he passed the psyche Val. And Morgan's like, we wrote the questions for that. <laughs> he knows how to answer them because Morgan is the only person with half a brain in this situation. Yeah. And Morgan is very concerned about him coming back. I've rightfully. never been so team Morgan in the first four seasons of the show. Because I love Morgan in this. He does yeah. so many great things yes, in this episode. In this episode. Cause Rossi's like, how long do you want him to be gone? And I'm like, forever like this is not something you come back from because morgan's whole thing is that this whole situation makes hotch distracted period it does yeah there's nothing else to say yep it just happened his family's gone he's physically in pain yeah he's emotionally distraught even if he is physically 
better. Yeah. His family is still gone. And yeah. he has no way of knowing whether or not Foyette is just following them around and stalking them. He right. doesn't know. Or like, him. He doesn't know. Yeah. He came home and this man was just in his apartment and tortured and tortured him. The apartment that I think it's the same one he still lives in, right? Yeah, same I would one. never go back to that apartment again. Are you kidding me? That's insane. I've, I've not gone back places for a lot less than that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's completely insane that Rossi's just like, yeah, he shook it off. He's fine. Yeah. He's gotta be back here. We need him. Yeah. He's like, Hotch is back because he needs to be. Mm-hmm. Like that man nope. doesn't know what he needs. Yeah, right? <laughs> and you should know that. Yeah. He wants to be yeah. back. He doesn't need to be back. Insanity. Complete insanity. Um, but anyway, uh, Garcia has made cookies for the occasion of Hodge's return. And mm-hmm. Reed tries to take one. And she won't let him have one. And then they have just a really funny interaction where they're, like, joking about Hodge being a robot. Yeah. And uh, Reed <laughs> says that, like, in the entire time he's known him, he doesn't think he's ever seen him blink. Yeah. And then, like... Uh, Garcia says something like, I don't remember something about like, how would you react to something? And uh, Reed was like, well, you know, I, yeah, it would bother me, but I'm a blinker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is good. Uh, and Reed still hobbled yes. from his gunshot wound, giving us one of the very rare moments of continuity in something that's happened to Reed. Yeah. Only because he had to be. On because it had to be. Yeah. I'm really wondering, because I can't remember how many episodes he has them for. If we're gonna if we're gonna see him for a little while, yeah, or not. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember how badly he hurt his knee. Yeah, so JJ bursts in to show them the news footage about Darren, and she's like, "We are going to Louisville," mm-hmm. and I am so mad that I have to keep saying that Louisville, Louisville, because it does not sound right without a Kentucky accent. Yeah. If you just say Louisville, <laughs> like I am saying it, I sound uh-huh. like an idiot. <laughs> it drives me nuts. I hate having to say that. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like trying to say anything like, you know, like when like you've done plays where like mm. it's supposed to be British, but they're not using British accents. And then like some of the dialogue, you're like, nobody this Here, isn't how people nobody, speak. Yeah, yeah. Nobody without a British accent would ever use that phrase. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I was in a show where they sh- it was, you should both have British accents, and we didn't do accents, and they had to say garage, but in, you know, with a British accent, it would be garage. Yeah. And it didn't, the whole line sounded off because the, the um, emphasis was on the wrong part of the syllable in that word. But you yeah. can't just say garage when, when you do have <laughs> a British accent. <laughs> hmm. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Prentice goes to pick Hotch up, I guess. I guess. She wants to pick him up from work or for work. Uh, so she's briefing him on the case. Um, Hotch is like, you know what we should do? Figure out the stressor that set him <laughs> off. And they're like, thank you for that guidance wow, we've never and insight, heard that. Hotch. They yeah. couldn't have done this without you. I'm so glad that you're back. Yeah. But, I but feel his like whole... Pre- Apartment is uh-huh. just full of Foyette case yeah, it's files. It's so funny because <laughs> there's like, and I think Prentice is obviously stopping there because she wants to like. She's also unsure. About yeah, him she being wants to dead. get a read on him before he before they're there, yeah. like with his state of mind. And she goes in, and it's a literal hoarder's house filled with boxes of stuff. But there's one file where two pictures of Foyette are visible, and that's the one that Hotch like goes over very embarrassingly, like yeah. covers it up. I'm like, oh, it's not the two photos, Hotch. That yeah. is off putting about the situation. Yeah, it's the teetering stacks of file boxes. Yeah, and like that should be enough right there, where yeah. she should just be like. You have other things on your mind. You need to just get it together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, she just brings him back to work. 
Um, so Darren turns out to be pretty hard to track. He's never had a driver's license. Mm-hmm. So um, they say he's either traveling on foot or using public transportation, ostensibly covered in blood. Yeah. And acting like he is in extreme distress. Like should how, be easy to spot. He should be really People easy to find. People should be calling actually. that in all over the place. But yeah, who knows? especially because it's all over the news. Yeah. And like every time we see him, he's just walking down a public sidewalk. Yeah. <laughs> like sweating and muttering to himself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, Garcia says that he just got fired from his job that he's had for 20 plus years and that he doesn't have any family. Mm. Um, Hutch is just being really callous about the whole situation. He's like, why hasn't he killed himself yet? Yeah. Like, he should have killed himself if that was his mission. So mm. clearly he still has something to do. You're like, okay, Hutch, chill. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we get our first quote. Emily Dickinson wrote, one need not be in a chamber." One need not be a chamber to be haunted. I think it means in a chamber. Mm. IMDB. Hmm. Forgot a word. (laughs) Or that's just a sentence that doesn't make sense. One need not be a house. The brain has corridors surpassing material place. Mm. Yes. They just Googled quotes that say haunted. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, the local cops have set up a roadblock perimeter based on Reed's calculation that he couldn't possibly have traveled more than eight miles. Mm. Because of a normal, typical walking speed. I'm like, sure. But what if he got on public transportation? We've already dropped that. No, we're down to it. Stop asking questions. No. Only, I don't know what the public transportation (laughs) situation in Louisville is. I don't know either. (laughs) Um, But, so, um, my boyfriend's been making me watch Friday Night Lights. Mm -hmm. And he's getting really tired of every time we watch an episode. I'm like, that person was an episode of Criminal (laughs) Minds. constant uh-huh, uh-huh. so I was watching this and uh he came in the living room and sat down on the couch and he went oh that cop is Landry's dad from Friday Night Lights. <laughs> and I was like mm, my how the turntable <laughs> but yeah we meet the cop who mm-hmm. is in Friday Night Lights also playing a cop yeah this is a man who was born to play a cop yeah seriously uh, uh and not a good cop Lieutenant Mitchell who mm-hmm. makes Every mistake that doesn't make any sense. He's a terrible mm. cop. Yeah, he's not good at his job. Um, he also like, reassures the team, don't worry, everyone in town's going to be like trying to stop this guy themselves. Yeah, that seems like a bad idea. Yeah. We all saw what happened the last time some people tried to stop them like, themselves. Uh, is this just like a Louisville thing? There's just like vigilantes <laughs> everywhere? Or? It's basically Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so they like say that he's... Uh, behaving defensively, and Lieutenant Mitchell is like, like hell he is. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, no, look at him, and like have to explain that like he only attacks when someone else grabs him. Mm-hmm. Like that's you know he's not like he didn't bring a weapon. Like yeah, everything he's doing is out of like panic or perceived sense mm-hmm. of danger. You know. Yeah. And you know the cops are like, oh, I don't know about this. <laughs> they're like it's obvious yeah like you're a terrible cop um so rossi and prentice go to darren's apartment which is unnaturally clean mm-hmm. um and they're like his bed is made neatly and yeah. they're like are you sure he wasn't in the military and you're <laughs> like no I, you saw the way this man was behaving he was probably institutionalized yeah <laughs> yeah um which they come to that conclusion they're like maybe but like garcia would have already found that out right uh, who knows? I don't know. And then she later they found about, out that he'd been institutionalized too. So 
That's what I mean. Like, they would have known that because, like, she says that, like, he just got fired from his job or whatever. And they said he's had it for 20 years, but they would have noted, like, some kind of leaves of absences during those time periods because the time periods later that they say he's been hospitalized are Mm -hmm. quite long. Right. But... Uh, Hotch and Morgan go to the crime scene where they talk to the terrible pharmacy tech Mm -hmm. um, who eventually after like 12 minutes of questioning is like, oh, the drug he was on was an antipsychotic before, but he doesn't take that anymore. And like Hotch is He's very recently gone off of the antipsychotic and whatever he was picking up today, he was out of refills. So yeah, like you don't leave with that? Excuse me. I mean, filled with rage. Yeah. And he's right. They're right to be, like, annoyed by this woman. But also, but you don't need to yell at this she's woman. She's obviously an idiot, so... And it's part of their job to, like, suss this stuff out. His also, reaction is way over the top. But they, like... he Yeah, he yells at her, mm-hmm. but then it's like, why wasn't one of the first questions you asked what kind of medicate... But based on what you saw right. and his behavior, which yeah. is supposed to be your area of expertise, right. why wasn't your first question, mm-hmm. what kind of medications... Does he pick up? Yeah. Like, why are you just waiting for her to bring it up naturally? Yeah. (laughs) Conversation. Uh, But Hotch, like, explodes to the point where I was just like, get this man out of here. How can you all not see that it's not good? He's behaving. He's hindering your investigation. Unhinged way. Yeah. Because then he calls Garcia and yells at her for not knowing what kind of medications he's on. She's like, why would she have looked that up? Right. That's your job to tell her what to look up. Right. Whatever nonsense, she'll find it. But yeah, she ask her. Do they think you just type the person's name in and Garcia, it just like comes up like jobs, places he's been institutionalized, military service, medications. Yeah. Oh, that and just address. a dossier on yeah. everyone. Family tree. <laughs> Every prescription you've ever gotten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, Darren heads to a psychiatrist's office. Or at first, I don't know. Doctor's office. Psychiatrist, psychologist, I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Some kind of counselor. Yeah. Um, but he's like ranting about how someone had a knife. Mm-hmm. Like he had a knife, whatever. Yeah. Uh, the doctor's like in a session with someone <laughs> this else. This poor guy. I kept thinking like this poor man who was in this session is probably in there for like anxiety or like something like, not that anxiety is an easy thing, but like comparatively with this psychotic episode this man is having, yeah. he's like, oh God, what am I doing in here? Yeah. He's like, I'm just feeling really overwhelmed at work recently. Yeah. And this man's like, he had a knife. Yeah. <laughs> All covered in blood and sweaty, twitching. You're like, I should probably go. I feel like my time is up. Yeah. Lead me to this. This is more He pressing. doesn't leave, though. No. There's a lot happening here. And that man doesn't leave. No. I would be. Is he like frozen in fear? I have or? no idea. I would run He's away like from like that situation. He's like trying not to be so impolite. Fast. I don't know. He's like, oh, I don't want to overhear your conversation. (laughs) Uh, So the doctor reminds Darren that he wanted to go off of his meds so that he would be able to remember what had happened to him. Mm. Um, The uh, Garcia finds the doctor's name and Rossi and Hodge uh, rush off. Yeah, they're like five minutes away. Yeah. Uh, Darren tears his shirt off Mm. and then the doctor's like, oh, no, here, here, take mine and like gives him his own shirt. and the man that he was in a session with takes this opportunity to try to attack Darren, who mm-hmm. then stabs him yeah. because he tried to, to subdue him. It. Yeah. It's like, are you trained to do this? Like what? Obviously, no. I don't know. The last thing you do is intervene. 
Yeah. <laughs> Apparently it is a thing in Louisville. Every place this man goes, someone's trying to take him down. I'm like, no. am I just a huge wimp? Because I would just be like, I'm going to... No, you're just I'm going to see my way out. Yeah, you're just smart. Ugh. But, but yeah. you know what? I'm going to call a professional. Yeah. And- like, why wouldn't you sneak out and call 911? Right. Or just do it right in the office because yeah. Darren's not paying any attention to what you're doing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Darren just stabs him mm-hmm. and also the doctor. Mm-hmm. Also, he has an, a box cutter. Yeah. Doesn't it seem like you would have to be incredibly deliberate in where you were choosing to stab someone with a box cutter yeah, in and, order to unless kill you had them it, like, that quickly? Out all the way. But then it's really flimsy. Yeah. I don't know. I've never stabbed anyone with a box cutter, so I don't know, but that seems like it would Honestly, be really shallow wounds unless you were, like, going for, like, the jugular. Yeah, and, like, if you, the further you, because you can put it really, the blade really far out in a box cutter, but it gets really flimsy because it's thin, you know? Yeah. So I feel like you'd stab one or two times and it would break. Yeah, depending on what kind it was. Because yeah. some of them, like, they don't even go out that far. Yeah. I don't, either way, it seems like, it would be really hard to kill as many people as quickly as he is without being really intentional about where you were yeah. choosing to stab people. And he doesn't seem like he's in the frame of mind no. to be able to make those decisions. No, maybe, uh, yeah. I, I mean, for the guy and the, and the doctor in the office, it could be, there could have been a lot of stabbing that we just don't see. But we saw the pharmacy and it was not a lot of stabbing. No, it's just like a couple of jabs. And yeah. they're like, oh, dead. Yeah. You're like, so, uh, uh. <laughs> Osh got stabbed nine times yeah. and he didn't. <laughs> That's true. But that was different. He was being very intentional about yes, where he, he was, was stabbing he someone was with a very large knife. Yeah, which you think would be harder to not stab someone. Anyway. I don't know. <sighs> My years of Grey's Anatomy haven't prepped me for this. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, so, yeah, the... Uh, uh, team arrives on the scene and Hotch is like, well, we're too late and just like walks out. He cannot handle being there. No. It was like, Hotch has no business here. Like nope. all of these people are being stabbed to death. Mm-hmm. He was recently just stabbed. Yep. Like this is, yep. why, 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 why is anyone letting him be here? Mm-hmm. It is insane. I mean, they have shown us time and again that letting someone come back too soon is a bad idea. We saw it with L. We saw it with Reed. Now we're seeing it again with Hotch. Yeah. And yet here we are. I guess that's what makes it for quote unquote good TV. You gotta it would cause be, the drama somehow. You've gotta it manufacture be, it. Yeah. It would be a much more boring show if if Hotch was like, you know what, guys, I'm not, I'm not ready, ready to be for this. Here. Yeah. I think I'm gonna st- see my way out. And then yeah. everybody else just solved the crime yeah. in a simple way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so Garcia calls to tell them that there is absolutely no history of Darren even existing before he was six years old. Mm-hmm. Um, the cop is like, well, Darren clearly came to the doctor's office looking for drugs. And they're like, they don't, he doesn't This have, is a psychiatrist's office. He doesn't have like a pill case somewhere or like well, a locker it, full of drugs. Yeah, like I mean, like you might have some samples on yeah. hand, but not of like heavy duty antipsychotics. Yeah. Because those, like some of those are like controlled substances, aren't yeah. they? Like. And well, he's, he's obviously not like trying to get high. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, I came here for my Prozac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need my Lexapro real bad. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I, he, he came looking for help, yeah. not for drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they have to, um, you know, explain to him that they don't have those things in the office. Yeah. Um, 
Garcia calls Morgan with an update and like, then he like takes the time to like reassure her and be like, Hey, Hotch was really out of line. You didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, I don't know. Like she's still like blaming herself because yeah. Hotch reamed her out. I'm like, no, you didn't do anything wrong, Garcia. <laughs> this man was a bad manager before. Yeah. And now you he's think I was worse. tired of his bullshit then. Yeah. Um, yeah, she says that he was found wandering alone in the middle of nowhere, and he wouldn't even talk for the first year. A year is a huge amount of time. Oh, my God. Yeah, and nobody ever claimed him. Yeah. Like... It's insane. Yeah. Um, so, looking at the timeline of his life that they know of, uh, they find that he was hospitalized twice in a state facility in Fayette, uh, but he keeps returning to the same area of Louisville, and they're mm. like, well, what's bringing him back here? And you're like, well... You- he said, you said he had a job there for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they said he'd worked the there since 1990. Yeah. <laughs> so like, the well-established life he worked yeah, really he hard to create for came himself back out of nothing. Where his apartment and yeah. his job were. But Reed says it's because um, that was the, he's coming to the area of his initial trauma to find answers. Uh, subconsciously. Yeah. Yeah. So they wonder if he'd try to make his way back to Fayette. Mm-hmm. Um and the cops like, yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Let the uh, the authorities know. And you're like, like great. God, Just sure. do something busy. Yeah. Uh, so Darren re- is like sitting there on the side of the road reading his file because that's the only thing he took yeah. from the doctor's office was his own file, um, and he has flashbacks to like burning clothes or something. Like he's got like a pile yeah. of like fabric and he's throwing it into a burn barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then I assumed you, clothes. Yeah, you like look over and there's a locked fence mm-hmm. and there's just screaming coming from like inside and he's fence. just like numb to it you can tell like yeah. it's not his first time hearing it yeah yeah i was like i can't do this yeah <laughs> you're like uh it's like the whiteville chicken coop murders uh-huh, case uh-huh. which it's they're very clearly much. drawing yeah. from but it was just just awful um, so when Darren was found, uh, he was neglected and severely physically abused, but no sen- signs of sexual assault at mm-hmm. all. Um, Hodge tells Garcia to look into missing children cases from the 1970s. Yeah, um, to look for all missing children cases from 1970 to 1980. But they, you like, already know that nobody ever claimed this kid, so right. he was probably so never reported report as missing. missing. Yeah. But just in case, they're going to look at 10 years yeah. worth of cases. Sure. That was like peak stranger danger time, too. Right? There's, you know, if you believe the statistics you read on the internet, just thousands of children going <laughs> missing a day right? <laughs> back then. Just it's disappearing into white cases. vans. Yes. <laughs> Once people offered them candy. Yeah. Uh, and then Lieutenant Mitchell um, is like, oh, you know what? There was this one case. I don't know. It was like this uh, down in Hollow Creek. And, you know, there were some kids that were murdered and cut into pieces. Um, but nobody ever talks about it because they never caught the guy. And I was like, that is the biggest piece of bullshit everybody ever heard in my life that. because no one would ever stop talking about that. Yes. Oh, my that God. Is, Something- that is like just like. We, we wrapped up this urban legend and yeah. handed it to you uh-huh. as a gift. Here yeah. you go. Yeah. Like, everybody would tell stories mm-hmm. about the Hollow Creek killer. Yeah, that'd be the big boogeyman. <laughs> it's of even the area. called Hollow Creek. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the Hollow Creek killer is a great urban legend name. Yes. Yes. Like, uh huh. But no one talks about that. Nobody talks about it. <laughs> and, like, also, there were a bunch of kids that were found murdered and dismembered, mm-hmm. and then also 
you found this random kid in the same general area. You don't think it's related? And he won't talk. Yeah. And he's very abused and traumatized, Mm -hmm. but nobody suspects that this kid is related to that in any way. I'm like, guys, come on. Well, he's been really bad at his job for a really long time. Apparently. (laughs) Apparently. Nonsense. Like, way to go, Landry's dad. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Landry's dad is also a bad cop and friend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so Darren remembers seeing a kid locked in a cage, like Mm. pushed over to the cage and shoved in. Mm -hmm. It's like one of his flashbacks. Um, and we see him approaching what appears it's like called like the Steiner house or something. Sterner orphanage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it looks like a group home. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so Reed, uh, is like going through the files and he's telling everyone the spooky campfire story of Tommy Phillips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he like reads it. Like, it's like clearly like Matthew Gray Googler is having a great time yeah. telling the like story. It's like an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Throw the stuff into the fire first. Yeah. So he uh, had gone missing for two weeks before reappearing and telling police where to find the bodies of three murdered children. Mm-hmm. It said three murdered children and then some of, and then they say some were never identified. So did they mean they identified three? And they identified more. three because I misunderstood that, and then something happens later that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But now that I'm thinking about it, they must have meant must have meant they three, identified three, and then some other ones that were yeah. not identified. Yeah. But they don't specify how many total children. It but seems it's like an a alarming amount. Thing yeah. to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, any amount is bad, but yeah. uh, the bodies had cuts on them, mm-hmm. so they realized that. Um, that's probably why the seeing the stock boy's blade coming yeah. at him probably really set Darren off. Uh, Tommy also says that the unsub was a white man in his thirties. Um, the, like the kidnapper guy who drove mm-hmm. a red pickup truck. Mm-hmm. Um, Hotch tells Garcia to look for Tommy, but Rossi's like, I, his parents I'm sure changed his name. Like yeah. nobody ever caught the guy who kidnapped yeah. him and, and then, like, horribly abused him. Yeah. He's like, I'm sure they're, they've left the area and changed his name to protect him. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Hotch says that he thinks that Darren would go anywhere he could remember in order to, like... Try to further try to find answers. Yeah. Um, namely, the orphanage where his name, uh, where his life as Darren Call actually started. Which, shockingly, was the, yeah. the one we saw him approaching. Yeah. So um, that's exactly where Darren is, it turns out. Uh, he approaches the house, knocks on the door, asks mm-hmm. the woman who's there uh, about the man who used to run it. And he's like, there was a nice man here. And she's like, oh, he retired. And uh, he gets really upset and is asking mm-hmm. where he is. And the woman like <laughs> is like, this is a bad situation. She's like, ah, children, homework. Yeah. <laughs> like Everyone come inside, inside quickly. Yeah. And she tells him to go away. Darren sees his reflection in the mirror and like hallucinates it as someone else. Yeah. Which presumably was the killer was guy. Was the killer guy, yeah. the Hollow Creek killer. Um, he grabs one of the kids, calls him Tommy and tells him that they have to go. Mm-hmm. And this um, woman, is, she has been so smart and like tried so hard. Yeah. Like she gets all the kids inside and this last kid is like coming by and he almost brushes into Darren and she pulls him back. I'm like, oh, she stopped him from touching him. Maybe they'll be safe. But ultimately it doesn't help them because he still takes Ryan. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, Ryan has probably already had a really tough life. I know. It's like, like you don't like end like up 10. in that situation because you've had a great life. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he's 10 or 11, like living in a group this home. Like he's had kid. a rough go of it. And now he's being held hostage by this man by this. in a complete psychotic episode. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just, 
somebody, I hope somebody took Ryan up for ice cream after this. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, but yeah, he uh, like slashes the woman's arm, mm-hmm. like, she's, like bleeding everywhere and screaming. I'm like, oh God. Um, so she doesn't kill her in front of that whole house full of kids. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the team arrives at the house where they learn the kid's real name. Um, they learn that Darren called him Tommy and that it was res- reflection that mm-hmm. freaked him out. Um, they think that Darren is probably about the same age as the man, like the killer was now. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's like, like that also, also triggered him. Yeah. Um, so uh, Lieutenant Mitchell reports that a van was stolen and headed east and they're setting up roadblocks, mm. which seems smart. Yeah. I don't know why But Hodge gets really mad about it. Like they're is wasting like, time and energy. You're wasting time. And you're like, first of all, this man is terrible at his job. Yeah. Let him go set up his roadblocks yeah. so he gets out of your way. Mm-hmm. Secondly, even if he wasn't completely incompetent, you wouldn't use the cops anyway. No, so, and you couldn't have every single cop doing the same thing at the same time. And like so you, like his, like Hotch's whole thing. is a huge metropolitan area. Let some of them do something different. Yeah, like why do you, uh, like a multifaceted approach to trying to catch this dude mm-hmm. isn't going to hurt anything. Right, it's bizarre. Yeah. It's like, um, get this man out of here. I don't trust a single word he has but to yeah, say right now. But yeah, he's just being an a-hole. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he... Um, they said that they need to figure out what Darren's plan is to get ahead of him. Mm-hmm. And they're like, all right, well, you don't need the cops for that. That's why you're here. Right. So let And them- also, you are also bad at your jobs, so and you're not going to be able to do that. Yeah. <laughs> let them go do your, like, you do your thing. Let them do their thing. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Like, you've never used the police force in any meaningful capacity <laughs> anyway, so whatever. Anytime they manage to let a local cop do anything, we write it down because we're so caught off guard. Yeah. Like, well, they let them talk. Yeah, it's like, no, don't, you go take those roadblocks down and you guys go sit with your heads down at your yeah. desks and you think about what you've done. Uh, so yeah, Hotch is still fixated on Foyette and making all of his decisions based on what he perceives that they had done wrong mm. in that case. You're like, go somewhere. Uh, so they're going, just just go take a vacation. Yeah. Go to the Bahamas. If anyone me. needs to sit with their head down, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, so they're going through all the files. They note that the kids were kidnapped in three different, or the three kids that they know about mm-hmm. um, were kidnapped in three different years from different school districts. Mm-hmm. But then they said that he must have lived near the school. I'm which like, one? Which one? If yeah. you have three different school districts, that's yeah. probably really far away from each other. And that means if there were more than just the three that were identified, then there were probably more than just the three school districts too. Yeah could live near a school that's away from all of, all of three of them. Because right? otherwise you would have been able to connect mm-hmm. a missing child with a body that you found. Right. Like you would have to assume, you know, most, <sighs> most people, if they lose a kid, are going to, to look, look for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'd say like 99.999%. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so uh, Garcia's found Tommy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, so Hotch and Prentice go to harass him. Mm-hmm. Um, he is just having a real hard time with his life. Like, as, as you would. There, you know, like he's I like. I have not recovered from a whole lot less than what Tommy's gone through. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, they look over, like Hotch looks over at one point and there's just like a recycling bin overflowing with alcohol bottles mm-hmm. and you're like. You're supposed to think that he's this like totally like non-functional alcoholic who mm-hmm. can't do anything, but 
But I mean, at least he's recycling. Right. So, <laughs> it was not a trash can. It was a recycling he's bin trying. specifically. The and house I was like, is clean. He put them what? in the Good bin. Job. Yeah. They're not, <laughs> Good job, they're not all around the house. You're doing your best. Hey, I just told you I needed to drink to recover from my one-year-old's birthday party. So let Tommy have a <laughs> bottle or two. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's like clearly not recovered yeah. at all. Like, you know, so... Um, Hotch naturally starts berating him mm-hmm. for having leave, left a child behind yeah. because they when know he was th- also a kid. Yeah, and like Tommy at one point is like, like Hotch is like, "How could you leave a six-year-old?" Because yeah. at first Tommy doesn't want to admit that, like he says, yeah. like nobody survived yeah. that because I'm sure he thinks that kid is dead. Yeah, I'm quite yeah. like, and that's part of the reason why his entire life has fallen apart since then is because he's racked with so much guilt. Yeah, exactly. So cool, Hodge. Thanks. Yeah, and Hodge is yeah, like how could you leave a six year old behind? And like Tommy's like, I was twelve. Yeah, I was a child. Yeah, in a horrible, horrible situation. Yeah. Like trying my, to save myself. My kids are eleven and thirteen. Yeah, like I'm like trying to picture like not not that I want to picture them in that yeah. situation, but like. They are little kids. Little. Like, yeah, it's so... You can't... Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, like, uh, so Tommy remembers, like, we see the whole flashback um, where Darren and helped... I was like, oh, God, my stomach hurts. I hate all of this so much. Yeah, like, they, like, look over, and the man's asleep. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, Darren gets the keys and mm-hmm. lets Tommy out, and then mm-hmm. they turn around, and he's gone from mm-hmm. the chair. Yeah. And just, like, reappears. He... Uh, Tells Darren to get the shovel, throws Tommy in the back of the truck, mm-hmm. um, and then they drive out to where he's presumably going to kill and bury Tommy. Yeah. Um, like when he goes to the back to get Tommy out, there's like bags of lime and stuff. Yeah, and, and Tommy... Um, Tommy knows this is bad. Yeah, so they get out and he grabs the shovel, hits mm-hmm. it, like hits the man, jumps over the fence mm-hmm. and starts running. But like, so like he's on the other side of the fence in the field. Mm-hmm. Darren's trying to climb the fence. The man comes over and grabs Darren. What are you supposed yeah, to do? Yeah, what's he supposed do? to do to help him? Like, <laughs> go over and fight the grown man? Yeah, well, it's Louisville. That's yeah. what you're supposed to do. <laughs> Even like, when you're 12, hand-to-hand yeah, combat. Like, what? What in yeah, what God's would name do? would anyone have expected him right. to do? Yeah. And Tommy says, like, all this time, the little kid never spoke. He never heard his voice. And as soon as the man grabs him, he yells, run, Tommy, go, run. And I was, like, sobbing on the couch watching. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. It's really hard to watch. This little boy. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's six and he knows. He's like, go save yourself. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. So Brenda- I'm getting teary-eyed <laughs> just describing it to you. Uh, Prentice and Hotch realized that in his story, Darren was allowed to, like, wander around wherever they were keeping him mm-hmm. and that he was sitting in the front seat of the car mm-hmm. and they realize that Darren must have been the Hollow Creek killer's son. Yeah. Um, and that's probably why the reflection scared him because he's resembling his dad at this point which mm-hmm. I would like to point out he does not in he any way. He does not. They don't look related <laughs> even a little bit. The actor that they cast, you yeah. would think that the one, because the actor that they cast for the flashbacks doesn't do anything. Right. Or like barely even talk. Right. Wouldn't your one stipulation be you have to look like Sean Patrick Flannery? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you and would Sean think. Pa- Patrick Flannery at this point is a famous person. Like, yeah. He's not just some Joe Schmo off the street. Like, he's in Boondog Saints, yeah. too. This is like not one of the title characters. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, it would be very easy to be like, well, we've cast Sean Patrick Flannery as our unsub. Yeah. We need somebody who looks like him. It's a weird casting choice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they wonder why Darren's mother wouldn't have reported him missing and assumed that 
that would only be because she was dead. Yeah. And you're like, or maybe she's also terrible. Yeah. Like, it could be, but... It's easier to imagine dead, though. Yes. He's already had such a tough life. Don't it let would his be, mom be terrible, too. It would be too. harder to find him if his mother was also terrible. They yeah. need a dead mom in order to find him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Darren... Um, is driving Ryan somewhere. Um, he remembers Tommy's escape. He remembers um, then cutting his father's face mm-hmm. with the, his dad's knife and running away. Um, and at this, like, he almost gets in a car accident because mm-hmm. he's, like, having a flashback, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking, like, they say several times, like, note that he's never driven a car before. He does like, a great This man job. is a very competent driver for, yeah. A, never having been behind the wheel and also being in the middle of a psychotic break. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just a natural. Yeah. He's, he's an excellent driver. Uh, so Morgan asks Garcia um, to look up death records. Oh, because uh, Hotch is like, look up death records. And they're like, for who? And he's like, the mother. And then just walks away. You don't know Darren Call's real name. They presumably named him Darren Call at the orphanage. But Hotch is just like, the mother, and walks away. Yeah. Which leaves Morgan to like come up with these parameters for Garcia. Which are insane. Um, Yes. A woman who died between... 1969 and 1975 mm-hmm. lived in the eight mile radius that they previously established for little to no reason mm-hmm. and uh, had a son mm-hmm. and whose husband drove a red truck uh, in her 20s. In her 20s. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh-huh. I thought the red truck thing, I was like, yeah. that's not in the death record. <laughs> whose husband drove, drove a red, a red truck. truck. So that would presumably mean you could find me. By figuring out what car is registered to Nate's name. Yeah. Okay. But, and like, <laughs> you, you could do that. You, you not could by narrow looking that up my down. De- not by looking at my death record. No, but you could narrow it down yeah. by like, you know, women who like died in the certain year. Yeah. Uh, like that were a certain age. And in your 20s, that's got to be a really low number. Like yeah. not a lot of women die in their 20s. Right. You know, you also had a son. Like that That was the other thing. They had a son, mm-hmm. whatever. But but here's the thing. You could narrow it down with the red truck thing. Sure. But Garcia does it in 0.4 seconds. Right. Because <laughs> that would take forever whoever, to look through automotive records from the late 60s and early 70s. Yeah. There's no online I mean, easily accessible database got, for that. This isn't just like one database where you put these parameters in. Like, okay, you look up women who died in their 20s and then you have to look at their addresses. Okay, they fit the address thing. Yeah. Then you have to look them up and see if they're married. Okay, yes, she's married. Then you have to look up and see if there's any births. Yeah, yes. are there are there birth records associated right. with that then person? They, okay, like, yes, there are. And then you have to find the person they were married to and look that person up to find any car registrations that are in their name. And like are are a lot of car registrations from the early seventies online. I would imagine not, <laughs> but she's just like, it's another one of those things where it's just like, uh, okay, you could do that, mm-hmm. but it would take you, not in this way. It would take yeah. you days of research yeah. to come up with this information. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I found one woman. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's oh, reasons like this that people think they can go into like historical archives and find things like, yeah, no, no. Like this is a multi-layered search uh-huh. where you have to like narrow it down, and then you have to go into an entirely different set of microfiche mm-hmm. files yes. to look through this other and turn thing. the manual dial. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like oh, these like there's no centralized database of these things no. that you can just put those parameters <laughs> into. 
Um, but anyway, yeah, her name was Doris Jarvis, and mm-hmm. her husband Bill had a red truck and a machine shop mm-hmm. um, where they decide he must have kept and murdered the kids. Mm-hmm. Like, Because she died in childbirth, right? Yeah. So she wasn't around for any of this. Yeah. Um, he still lives in the same house, mm-hmm. right in... In Louisville, I guess. In Louisville, in yeah. that eight-mile like eight mile radius, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, Darren also, meanwhile, finds his way back to his childhood home. Ryan's still with him. Poor Ryan. Yeah. Poor, Ryan's poor like, Ryan. please let me go home. Mm-hmm. I would love to leave this place. Um, and he finds his dad who just looks at him and goes, I knew you'd come home. Mm. You're like, would you recognize? No way. I mean, I guess he doesn't get a lot of visitors, so it's easy to assume Maybe. I guess the resemblance is so strong. That's true. The resemblance <laughs> is so strong. He knows it's him. I don't know. But you know what's strange? Because he doesn't like call him a name. Like I would have loved for him to say what his real name was. Yeah. You know, but they never acknowledge that his name isn't really Darren. Yeah. It was something Jarvis. Something Jarvis. Yeah. It's not Darren though. What if it was? That'd be weird, right? It'd be a crazy coincidence. <laughs> what a shot in the dark. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the cops also show up. At the house, Mm -hmm. the SWAT team, FBI, everybody. Mitchell wants to just storm in the house. Prentice wants to negotiate because she's like, nobody has to die. We can, like, we can figure this out. And meanwhile, Hotz just walks right the hell on in. Yep. Just strolls in. No no vest. No weapon. Nothing. nothing. Nope. Just walks in. Um, And everyone freaks out. And Rossi's just like, we have to try. (laughs) And I was like, no, you don't. They have to, like, physically restrain Morgan. And the idea of, like... Somebody being able to physically restrain Morgan when he really wanted to go do something is pretty funny Mm -hmm. because he's like way bigger than the guy who's trying to hold him back. (laughs) Um, But um, Hotch uh, points out to Darren that Jarvis never moved because he lives right across the street from a school and he can just watch the kids play. And there they are playing out on the playground while a SWAT team... (laughs) Is prepare and the FBI in their vests and all of their tactical gear are preparing to raid a house directly across the street. Mm-hmm. You can confirm that we've cleared a playground for a lot less than that. We've cleared a playground <laughs> for like bees, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they're just all out running around playing basketball. Uh-huh. And you're yeah. like, not a care in the world, Which no teacher in sight. It's nonsense. All of the like all the kids would just be like up against the fence. Yeah. Like, what's happening while the teachers are like dragging oh them? Oh my god, back a bird flies overhead and all action on a playground stops. Or a train they hear a train in the distance that they can't even see. A helicopter flies overhead. Yeah. Everyone comes to a standstill. But there's a full on SWAT team. Yeah. Hostage negotiation happening, and everyone is just going about their business like they can't see it happening there. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, this is other than nobody ever talking about the Hollow Creek killer. <laughs> that is the second most ridiculous thing. In this episode. You know what? If I was a teacher on that playground, I'd see that happening. Start bringing kids in and be like, I wonder if they're finally catching the Hollow Creek killer. That's what <laughs> I'd be I like, be talking about. Children, come around. <laughs> I have to tell you the tale. Let me spin you a yarn of the Hollow Creek killer. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, and it's obvious the Hotch has like nothing left to live for, right? He's just like doing yeah. whatever. And also, this part just makes me really angry mm. because he is intentionally goading 
Darren mm-hmm. into getting angrier and angrier at his dad yeah. and more and more worked up. Mm-hmm. And like Hotch is supposed to be the expert hostage negotiator. Mm. There is nothing stopping him from making an attempt to talk Darren down mm-hmm. and just saying like, you know, I'm, I'm from the FBI. I'm here to make your dad pay for everything that he did to those kids. Mm. Give me the gun and let's take him together. Yeah. Like, that's all he had He's to do. He's not interested in that. But instead, he gets Darren, basically gets him to shoot his dad. Mm-hmm. And then he just goes, I couldn't stop him. And I was like, you bullshit. piece of crap. You didn't <laughs> want to stop him. Yeah. It made me so, he wanted him to kill him. Mm-hmm. That is how he wanted that to go down. Yeah. Like, this is, oh, makes and me so angry. Besides Ryan losing greatly in this, though they do get Ryan safely out. Yeah. That's Darren, the one good thing, because yeah. he like, uh, he like distracts him by like pointing out that the kids are on the playground mm-hmm. and then he just opens the door and shoves Ryan out <laughs> yeah. and closes it real quick. And Ryan's just like, oh, okay. Ryan doesn't know what's <laughs> going on. But that Darren, there's no way that Darren is going to get any of the mental health help that he desperately needs and deserves to receive. Because now you've just added, because you're just you putting him into one the more American person to his system. body count. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously he was going to end up in like some prison ward of a mental hospital. Yeah. Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. but like, it's going to be a disaster. No, it's even worse. Like you've made it worse for him. You yeah. haven't made it better. You yeah. haven't made anything about this situation no. better. And it's an absolute shit show. Yeah. Oh, made me so angry. Um, but yeah, so, um, Darren is being loaded into the car and taken away. And Tommy, who's there for some reason. Again, how? This is one of my biggest criminal minds pet peeves. How do these people just end up on the scene like this? I don't they invited him. Like yeah. they invited everybody to the pig farm to right. come hang like, out. For anybody a while. else want to stop by? We're gonna be here a while. Yeah. Uh so Tommy uh goes over and apologizes to Darren for leaving him behind. And mm-hmm. Darren's like, No, you you, saved, you me. saved me. You were the one that made me mm-hmm. not afraid of my dad anymore. And yeah. like they just have this like Tommy just like well, and like every other time that somebody has touched him, Darren has freaked out and mm-hmm. Tommy reaches over and like pats his shoulder and Darren just looks like, like they both like just have some closure yeah. on that situation, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, these poor men. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Oh my God. It's so sad. Um, <sighs> but yeah, uh, then we get our next quote. There is no witness so dreadful, no accuser so terrible as the conscience that dwells in the heart of every man. Polybius. Mm. Uh, so then, um, it is Rossi's turn to be a huge piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Morgan goes to him again and is like, Hotch is behaving erratically. He should not be on here. Like he's putting f- other people in he's danger. He's putting other people in danger. The fact that he is here is every day that he comes to work, Foyette is winning. Mm-hmm. Like he needs to go. Yeah. He's like, if he is no longer doing this, if he is gone, like then Foyette loses. Mm-hmm. Like, we are playing right into what Foyette wants. This is a bad, bad situation. Mm-hmm. And Rossi's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's fine. Um, but yeah, then Prentice takes Hotch home and they pretend like they're talking about Darren feeling alone. Yeah. And like he has nobody, but they're very clearly talking about Hotch's situation. Mm-hmm. And Prentice is like, but he's not alone. There are... <laughs> There are people that can help him now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not just like, good night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we saw earlier too, like Hotch has this new fancy security system and stuff. Like that's going to stop George Foyette from mm-hmm. getting He seems house. like somebody who wouldn't be able to navigate 
his way through a security yeah. system. Yeah. Like, yeah, Hotch, you're, you're not alone. You have your colleagues from work. <laughs> <laughs> you have Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> you have the people who work for you. He's technically your the underlings. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just think it, I thought this was a great episode. I thought it was for criminal minds. Pretty well written. Yeah. It actually had a fitting title. Everyone's haunted. I'm haunted by this episode by the end. And you know, the things like, I know I'm complaining a lot about the hot stuff. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like the problem is that like the writers, like it's, it's a good storyline to have somebody come back too soon and Mm -hmm. be like completely erratic and out of control and stuff. And it's, it would be a better storyline if everybody else was like confronted him about that. Yeah. But instead, they're just like, they're going to keep hand-waving it away mm-hmm. because the writers think that he's behaving in some sort of a, like, noble way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's what irritates me about it. And it's like, I can't, yeah. <laughs> well, but we, I do I do like the whole thing that they're doing with Morgan where yeah. he's just like, this is not okay. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Yeah. You guys yeah. are all... Why does nobody else care yeah. about this? I'm, I can't remember how, you know, I mean, I know where this all comes to a head, obviously, but I don't remember... Like the intricacies. Yeah, of leading up to that, yeah. how the team continues to deal with Hotch. I can't And either. if that stays a strong storyline or if, like most other things, it gets blown over until it is back again out of nowhere. Yeah. So I'm interested to see in the next episode what happens with that. Yeah. We don't have a profile to score. No. They didn't do one. Um, Would you score a Hotch Watch on this? We did a lot of Hotch Watching. We did. That's for sure. I think, actually, that he is being terrible at his job because he is having very human reactions to the circumstance that he's in. So Mm -hmm. I think, actually... You as angry as everything he does in yeah. this episode makes me, he is behaving like a person. Yeah. This is like some of the first times that he's actually behaving like a person because he's having emotion. He's becoming a blinker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might have noticed him blink a time or two. We had him at an eight. Would you give him anything back? I'd give him an eight and a half. All right. All right. I'm interested to see where we go from here. Yeah. Um, well, I do have some statistics for you, though. I would ask, would you consider this too? Unsubs? A crime within a crime? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, so we are at 87 white men overall for everywhere we've been at the season, uh, all, all of the seasons, to 17 not white. 83.7%. That knocks us all the way up to 83.7. Wow. Uh, we have three white men so far. So 100% white men in season five. Nice. Yeah, we'll we'll see where we go from there. Um, the next episode is Reckoner. I horrible title. I think I remember this one. I don't I care think, who's doing the reckoning. It's a terrible. It's a title. bad title. I think that this one is a pretty like what the fuck kind of off the rails mm. episode. We we're due for one. <laughs> just it's not even if the Reckoner, or the Reckoner. It's just Reckoner. Yeah. I which, think which this is like just, just one where it like not in a like fun way, not like scared to death where it was just, you know, completely insane and yeah. everything was hilarious. I yeah. think this is just more of a like 
What? Yeah, I I don't really remember it. I don't think so. I'm excited to watch. Yeah, and have my memory jogged. But well, wherever you're listening, be sure to leave a five star review. You can find us on Instagram at the unsub is a white man. You can find us on TikTok. We're still trying. If you have TikTok tips, we love them because we're bad at TikTok. No offense. I we think are. you know that. <laughs> <laughs> I keep having to get tips on how to TikTok from my 11 year old. Yeah, we, we don't know. Not great at TikTok. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> um, you can find our merch on Redbubble. If you get any, tag us. We'll show you to our stories. Our theme music is composed and performed by Nate Youngblood, and the podcast is produced by Nate Youngblood. Thanks, Nate. And until next week, we'll be navigating the public transportation system. Ooh.